Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself. I was born in Washington State. I've lived here my entire life. Okay. Um, Love the Pacific Northwest. I don't think I'm ever leaving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Any part of the state that you grew up? Um, I've always lived close, um, so locally in Everett, Bothell, Mill Creek areas. I would like to move over to Eastern Washington at some point. But, okay. Um, for now, still staying here. That's the rock and roll <laughs> fantasy? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Actually, the quiet life fantasy. <laughs> Small town. <laughs> nice. So you, uh, so you and I have met. Through BNI, which is a networking group, uh, I know you do real estate and you have other interests. What's fascinated me about you is you don't seem like the normal, stereotypical real estate person. What was your journey like to becoming, like, to just getting into real estate? What? How did you get there? Yeah, so um, I think that's probably good because I know that when I got into real estate at first, I thought, you know, like used car salesman or something, you right. know, um, yeah. that's kind of, you know, always what I had in mind of what, you know, real estate was. So, um, I mean, I've been in the business five years, but okay. before that I did social work. Okay. So the last um, career, the last job that I was at was Cocoon House. Mm-hmm. So that was working with youth that are, you know, teens adolescents that are you know at risk that mm-hmm. you know maybe don't have a place to live fighting homelessness um, mm-hmm. a lot of them are coming out of the foster care system so um, that was my background so maybe that's why I'm a little bit different <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how so you did that for five years is that yeah what you said? yeah okay. I did that for about because out, out of college I did AmeriCorps um, you know we all have plans I had originally planned on joining the Peace Corps I had been in a car accident, and that had caused me to take a quarter off of school, move home with my mom, stop working at my uh-huh. job. Um, and so in the meantime of going through all of that, the Peace Corps, that was out of reach. I didn't know how long my recovery is going to be, so I did AmeriCorps instead. Mm-hmm. And then I was um, volunteering at a company that I volunteered at for two years and then was hired on mm. um, after I got my degree and just um, went from there. So where did you go to school? I did uh, University of Washington, their Bothell campus. Mm-hmm. Cool. So And that was back in the day when you could only finish your two years there. So mm. I did community college first. Um, and I had done running start in high school mm-hmm. um, okay. and then finished my two years there. So it was cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Uh, Wish my kids had done that. Yeah. My mom helped me out, but it was cheaper for her to go that route than the other. So AmeriCorps um, and then into social work mm-hmm. um, and then real estate. How did you make that jump? Um, so I, I bought my house, I think. Gosh, like 10, 10 years ago now, maybe nine, nine or 10 years ago, I purchased my Were you my still home. in high school? <laughs> no, I was not. So the gal that sold me my home, I kept in touch with her, you know, mm. after the years of me purchasing my house and 
had kind of thought about, you know, maybe getting my real estate license in hopes of buying a property, fixing it, and selling it. That was always the plan. I never thought I was going to get my real estate license Mm -hmm. and, you know, have a career doing that. Um, My boyfriend, he has his own construction company. And so that was kind of our plan was to, you know, do that way, go that route. But um, ended up, he became self-employed. I guess he wasn't self-employed at the time. So he became self-employed. I did. And then that kind of went our hopes of getting a loan because you have mm-hmm. to you know, show three years. So it was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? And I kept you know, assisting her and it took off. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it's been really fun. So you started by assisting and then you've mm-hmm. kind of grown. Yeah, I worked with her that. for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I assisted her. And then in the meantime, while I was assisting her, I had started teaching yoga. Um, so I was, I think I've been practicing yoga now for close to almost, I'd say almost 15 years. Mm. And while I was, and I found it, you know, when I was doing social work and when my leg hurt and, you know, all of those things that it kind of made sense for me to, you know, be in the yoga studio. And mm-hmm. I remember I was in a class one day and they had announced that they were doing a yoga teacher training. And I had had a really bad day at work. This is when I was still work, doing social work. And mm-hmm. it was just a really bad case. And I, had, I knew I had two weeks vacation. And I just kind of thought, well, maybe I'll take my two weeks vacation, get certified to teach yoga, teach yoga while I'm getting my real estate license. And it just, I, I kind of feel like everything line aligned mm-hmm. how it was supposed mm-hmm. to. What is it about yoga that you like? I love everything about it. Um, I taught this morning. (laughs) So I still teach. I teach um, Mondays and Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. What I enjoy about it is it's just the time that I'm by myself. I don't have my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's huge for me with work. Um, I mean, I always have to be available, mm-hmm. um, whether it's email, text, phone calls. Um, it's probably the biggest thing for me is being available. So that one hour of time that I can just dedicate to myself and mm-hmm. really just focus on the breath and letting kind of everything else go. It's super important. Have you always worked for the same real estate company? I have. So I started off at John L. Scott and that's where I've been. And when I first started again, I was just going where the woman who'd sold me my house. When she sold me my house, she had been at a different company. She had moved over there and, um, I'm never. I, I don't think I'll ever leave where I'm at. I'm. I have a good team, good mm-hmm. office. Um, it's it's a good so spot to be. <laughs> uh, you like the, the company and I really and do. That. Yeah. So what was it like when you like? What was your first transaction besides your own? Home? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, my first transaction. I had. I listed. I listed two houses. Um, and they were both like right around the same exact time. One person I had known, another person found me off of my website. And um, I remember them both going on at the same time. And it was exciting. It was really fun to be able to, you know, help them get to the next level. Um, the people that found me off my website, that I think that was my first listing. So they were moving out of the country, and it was really exciting mm. for them. Um, they were a young married couple, and they had a really cool job opportunity. So it was fun, mm-hmm. you know, um, getting them excited and getting their house ready. Um, it was That was it. And how'd that transaction go? It went 
It went very well. well. Yeah. It went, yeah, it went very well. Um, that was, I mean, gosh, that was five years ago, so I don't remember the details. <laughs> <laughs> but I still talk to them yeah. to this day. So They're that, still that's talking. Good, that's right? good. That's yeah, good they ended sign. up actually moving back to Washington State after okay. living in the Caribbean for some time. Um, they yeah. built their own house. and oh, neat. Um, Yeah, still, still friends to this day. So which trans, which side of the transactions are you normally on, or are you on? It's both. I would say um, both. Okay. It it, yeah, it just depends, you know, on what people are trying to do. Okay. Yeah. So what is it about real estate in particular that just, I mean, you come from, you know, social work, mm-hmm. I guess, working with people, you know, it's obviously different, you know, socioeconomic rung mm-hmm. normally if, from what you were doing to this. You're still working with people, but what were the what what attracted you yeah. to um, you know to the real estate side mm-hmm. of things? That's a good question. I like, I mean, I think I kind of went on the track, you know, where I was going to fix and sell, you know, houses. That was my intention. Sure. But then once you know that was how I started. But once I realized that wasn't going to happen, it was my experience that I had assisting. Um, the other agent for that first year, I remember, you know, helping her. She listed this house and it was a deal where the, you know, father had passed away. The daughters were selling it and it was emotional and it was really challenging and it was difficult for everybody involved, like for the family and the um, woman, her name Sharon, Sharon, you know, she was just very, um, very kind to them mm-hmm. and helped them do exactly what they needed to get done. They wouldn't have known how to sell their, their dad's house. Mm-hmm. So I think just seeing that and realizing that I could help people with big decisions. Cause I know when I purchased my home, um, I like to read everything and learn everything that I possibly can. <laughs> it's kind of how I became an agent, you know, cause mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I get the hang of this, but you know, a lot of people aren't like that and they have to, you know, trust the person that's helping them and it's such a huge decision and so much money mm-hmm. that um i feel like i'm still able to help just in mm-hmm. a different way mm-hmm. real estate just fascinates me um in terms of just it's so personal right we have so much tied up in it i think about my own like journey through home buying and all that stuff. And home is such a important part of who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like real estate could be, I mean, really rewarding in that way, just because you are focused on something that's so important to people. But then again, there's a lot of emotion there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> are there any tactics that you have where you just kind of step back and go, you know, like, you know, or any strategies that you use to just kind of keep things in check and keep things cool? Or is it just kind of your, you know, just sort of the way you are that kind of keeps things Um, going? I think the big, one of the biggest things that can help me is I'm a solutions person. I don't want to dwell in the problem or, you know, what's wrong. You know, we figure out, okay, what's the problem? Okay, how do we fix it? You know, what are we trying Mm -hmm. to get at? So, you know, if you know, someone's trying to purchase a home. I mean, yeah, issues are going to arise and they're going to come up, but it's like, what is that final outcome? Is the goal to purchase that home? What do we need to make sure that that happens? Mm -hmm. Or to make sure that it is the goal that you actually want to have, you know, Mm -hmm. it can seem like the perfect house, but you know, once you do an inspection or, you know, find a couple other things out, maybe it isn't the right home. So it's really always going back to what is that end goal and making sure that we're doing the right things Mm. to get there. So, um, and I try to set the expectations up for my clients ahead of time that things are going to happen things will arise but we just have to make sure that we're talking about them Mm. 
So be careful. Don't fall in love with yes, <laughs> exactly. The property. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. that like? Um, it, I mean, it, it's you know ultimately up to the client what they decide to do. But I think that my job is to give them as much information as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the market that we were in in this you know April and May, where people were waiving inspections, waiving appraisals, um, that was scary. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that. I'm more conservative. If I was purchasing a home, I would never do those things. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that I explain to my clients, you know, what would happen if they did waive an inspection or did, you know, waive an appraisal and what that would look like. And, mm-hmm. You know, let them decide from there. Mm. So you're trying to be the voice of sanity and reason. Yeah, exactly. And did you see a lot of panic in people, like in buyers? I saw a lot of. Um, discouragement <laughs> mm, okay <laughs> you know it was because it was you know a busy rushed market but i you know maybe it has to do with my personality i am more calm and i you know once like i said once we identify okay well what kind of house are you looking for what area mm-hmm. you're looking at what price point once we know what the goal is there's only so much that we can do you right. know like yeah i would have you know people call me and say oh we have to go see this house right now but i mean that's my job you know and i mm-hmm. said why not i always have my phone on me it's like I always on my phone. I'm always working. So it was busy, but I don't think that any of my clients ever really got panicked. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was definitely, they got discouraged, you know, and you have somebody that's submitting, you know, two or three offers and mm-hmm. you know, not getting them accepted. It can, it can be hard. Yeah. That's, uh, I remember when I bought my house, uh, put an offer on the first one and it didn't get accepted and went home and cried. My boyfriend and I bought our house together and I went home and cried and so upset and sad and now I'm like, thank God I didn't get that house. <laughs> and I always share that story right. with my clients too because right. you know you are gonna fall in love with it. You're gonna think it's you know the best thing in the world and mm-hmm. you know it might not it might not work out. Wow. That reminds me of <laughs> when my wife Molly and I were looking at our a home, my grandmother Lois was a real estate agent and she worked for Windermere in Magnolia. And I think she was probably 80. She was still working for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she drove, she and Molly drove all over Queen Anne. We lived in Queen Anne in the time in an apartment looking for a place, you know, and there was just nothing there. Magnolia, nothing. Mag- and uh, Ballard was just all these little tiny cracker boxes. So we really wanted Queen Anne. This was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. We found one house that was a craftsman with crooked floors <laughs> and i think we were like the third offer like the backup offer it was 153 in <laughs> wow <laughs> how many years ago <laughs> yeah 25 years ago yeah. and uh i even that was like we were so happy to just find mm-hmm. a place that was even within our range, even though we were the third offer mm-hmm. or whatever. And then we finally realized, I don't think we're going to find a place in Queen Anne. So we just packed up and started looking in Shoreline. And the first day we went out with um, my wife's aunt, we saw like 10 places. We picked one and bought it. Yeah. And <laughs> my brother-in-law and sister-in-law still live in that oh, wow. house now. Nice. So it's funny how you can just... <laughs> Get so focused and fixated on one thing. Yeah. I mean, literally two years looking and then one day. Yep. And boom. And we're thankful. I mean, I wouldn't mind having that house on Queen Anne, but <laughs> it did have crooked floors. Yeah. <laughs> we had no money to fix oh, it. Exactly. So 
Yeah. No, I always tell people. And I feel like, too, I always tell people, you'll know, like, when you walk into a house. Because a lot of times what I was seeing, I didn't see people getting panicked, but, like, or getting desperate, you know? So mm-hmm. they would walk in and be like, oh, yeah, this one will do. It's like, okay, well, I thought you had to have a garage, you know? Or I thought, you know, this yeah. was very important to you. So kind of pulling them back to the things that, you know, they had set up from right. the beginning. Because, as you know, I mean, there's things that you want and right. things that you would like to have mm. but if it's something that um the couple i'm thinking about in particular they'd always lived in condos and apartments and had never had a garage and that was something they really wanted they yeah. were um, she was pregnant and you know wanted to be able to pull into the garage with the groceries and the baby and she had talked about these things so then we're in this house and have a garage and they want to put an offer on it it's like hold on <laughs> let's talk about this right well the other interesting thing that must happen with you is you get like the relationships that Mm -hmm. you're dealing with too so you've got like partners or husbands and wives or whatever and that Mm -hmm. you know that (laughs) that must be an interesting uh uh dynamic i guess oh i've shown houses with aunts and uncles and kids and and we've had like 10 people deep looking at a house just looking oh yeah wow there can be a lot of input and a lot of opinions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> is there ever like an old aunt in the back you want to say hey yes all the time yeah take off uh-huh but then you know it's you know maybe she's gonna point out something that they wouldn't have seen or thought about and sometimes mm-hmm. people just want to be heard you know just let them you know give their opinion and yeah um yeah <laughs> wow i would i couldn't imagine that type of situation (laughs) it doesn't happen very often but it was i'm not kidding we had like 10 people (laughs) wow i just say hey there's a limit here Mm -hmm. five no more yeah exactly they put an offer on the home and they ended up purchasing it you Mm -hmm. know but i think that they just really valued um what their extended family had to say right and maybe they had a little financial stake in it too you never know yeah it's possible you know Mm -hmm. because i know in some that happens a lot Mm -hmm. in different families yeah exactly that sort of thing what advice would you have for somebody who is thinking about going into real estate? Do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it's I I love this job. Yeah. It's um I it's been it's fun and you still feel like you're making a difference helping people. So I think the advice I would have would be to remember why you're doing it. Um I do work with uh, new brokers in the office now. And I always just tell them, you know, stick with it. Like, I I mean, I didn't make any money my first year. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that happens. Mm -hmm. And you just have to know why you're doing it and be consistent and show up and um, work hard. Mm. So kind of grind. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so I was going to ask, so secret to your success mm-hmm. um just i mean work hard that's you know no secret. Always done. there's no secret <laughs> I, I i wish that i could say that there was one or i did something really cool yeah but, um it's answering my phone <laughs> responding to emails mm-hmm. showing up on time you know all anything that you would do for any job it's just um you have to put the work in right mm-hmm. well it must be harder though because i mean in some respects for some people because if you don't have a certain level of self-discipline then you're not going to necessarily keep that standard of 
you know, discipline. Exactly. It, it, it's huge. I, that's one of the thing that is a piece of advice I would have for, you know, someone that wanted to get into real estate is have a schedule, um, you know, do the same things every Monday that you do every Tuesday, every Wednesday, and you know, mm-hmm. plan your day out. Cause I mean, that's just it. You don't have anybody over your shoulder telling you that, you know, you need to get this done mm-hmm. or turned in. It's up to you to show up and do the things that right. you need to do. Right. Sounds like you have trouble getting out of bed, though. So, <laughs> 6 a.m. yoga. Uh, yeah, exactly. That probably helps. <laughs> it does. That was something. It's funny because I was. I used to always think, oh, I'm not a morning person. But when I look back on all the jobs, you know, that I'd had going through college and it's mm-hmm. growing up, you know, I, I've always had to be somewhere super early in the morning, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I think it's just a habit that now I embrace. I get up every day at 430 so I teach Mondays and Tuesdays, and then Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, I'm working out mm-hmm. in the morning on those days. And it's just, you know, a habit that mm-hmm. helps me stay consistent. Mm, that's good. Monday mm. morning, 4.30. <laughs> I struggle with Monday mornings. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I have done in my business is I, I take Mondays off. So I don't have any appointments on Mondays. Oh, okay. So I teach yoga in the mornings at 6 a.m. Yep. and 9.30. And I have my laptop with me. So I you know do emails and kind of plan out my week. Sure. But um, – and then I teach those two classes and I take the noon class. So I'm at the yoga studio all day long mm-hmm. and it's just something that I've done, you know, in my schedule and just, you know, been try to be fiercely protective over mm-hmm. that day, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but things come up, you know, a, a lot of times we're writing contracts over the weekend or on Sundays and, you know, sometimes an inspection needs to happen on a Monday. So it's not like I never will. Mm-hmm. But um, that's one of the things that I've tried to do is just no appointments. Mm. That's mm-hmm. great advice. Who inspires you? inspires you everybody every day (laughs) yeah like it's you know when we're talking about yoga and i wake up at 6 a.m when i show up at six like today taught at 6 Mm a.m and it's consistently the same people that are there you know there's at least 15 of them yeah and i they inspire me you know to go Mm -hmm. and do that because all the time um my boyfriend he'll be like why are you still teaching Mm. you know and all because i go to bed i go to bed early because i wake up early yeah but it's like oh i have to get up early in the morning he's like well why are you teaching you know it's not it's not like i'm doing it for the money right you know and it's like because i want to be there and once i get there and i see the students and a lot of them have now become my friends Mm -hmm. and um it's inspiring to know that they're getting up and they're working out and they're doing those things um so i want to make sure that i do Mm mm-hmm you know, people in my office, when I said that, I don't think I'm ever, I work for John L. Scott and I work out of the Everett office, but we're partnered with the Mill Creek office. Mm-hmm. My designated broker owns both. So I'm surrounded by, I mean, top producing agents, like the top in our county, you know, wow. and I mean, they inspire me, you know, just to be around them and to, you know, see the level that they're doing. And it just pushes you, you know, to do more and mm-hmm. to do better. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think you probably have heard, I don't know exactly what it is, but you know, the top five, you know, the five people you surround yourself with, you know, you're like the average. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, make sure you're surrounding yourself with positive, hardworking people. Right. Yep. Yep. That's that. Exactly. So now I do know that you listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books. So any particular podcasts that really, inspire you more that just fascinate you other than this one (laughs) of course (laughs) um let's see so the one that i consistently listen to the ziggler podcast Mm -hmm. that's a big one Mm -hmm. um dave ramsey the entree Mm -hmm. leadership yep 
uh, Michael Hyatt. Um, I listened to his. Yep, Michael Hyatt's good. Um, I think those are the three. There's a real estate podcast I listened to. Um, Harris is the it's a husband and wife team is mm-hmm. their last name. But um, I'd say those are the top ones that mm. I'm always, you know, filtering through and going yeah. through daily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what about uh, what about books? I know you read a lot. I do. Well. Um, and that's something I said because I used to read all the time and then that stops and then you start again mm-hmm. and stop. And mm-hmm. so I'd say for the last, you know, three years, I've been consistently, you know, reading at least a book a month. Um, and so right now. Um, Leaders Eat Last is the Simon book. Simon Sinek. Yeah, that's what I'm reading now. Um, yep. And I love that. And I have a bad – well, it's not a bad habit, I guess. But I read multiple books at the same time. Because uh, before yeah. I, I feel like I just like blow through them because I do want to go to bed early. So if I would be you know, staying up reading or yeah. – I don't know. So um, I'm reading – another one that's called the shift and it was um the people that started keller williams it's the book that they wrote is talking about a shifting market so mm. um those are the two that i'm reading right now but there's something about a book in your hand mm. <laughs> that just makes me that's i need that um and i need uh, so i don't really listen to books on tape or the mm-hmm. you know audio books but yeah. so it's mostly podcasts that way and then like a real book in my hand so i'll go to the library yeah the library card <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool. I do want to jump back to real estate yeah. for a second um, because you did say shifting market real estate. Mm-hmm. So what are the trends that you see that are, you know, we see now, you know, there's things like Zillow and Redfin and any number of industries that are kind of getting – I wouldn't say upended, but maybe transformed through the digital, um, you know, digital economy. So what sorts of things do you see that are really having an impact, um, you know, based on the five years you've been in? Um, I know Zillow's probably been around longer than you've been in real yeah, estate. I guess. <laughs> but what uh, what sorts of trends do you think, you know, that, that you see that are you know, real trends versus just, you know, sort of mm-hmm. this isn't going to last type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, just having the information right there, you know, at your fingertips, um, obviously we've all gotten accustomed to that with whatever, you know, field right. or whatever it's in. Yeah. So the trend that I'm seeing, you know, regarding those things is people I don't think are really understanding maybe exactly how much, you know, work is involved in a real estate transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you can just get on your phone and, you know, have someone show up and show you the house really quick, well, then if you do want to put an offer in it, then you have to use your phone again and have someone else, mm-hmm. you know, show up and do that. Um, I think very similar to Uber, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. it's like you don't really know who you're going to get at the right. you know what time. But I think that um, that trend that's here and I think that it is happening um, – and I have some people that are comfortable doing that and other people that aren't. Mm. Um, but I just think that everything is so instant. So it's not so much um, long. I don't know. I just think it's – I think the instant notifications, the instant I want to put an offer on this, mm-hmm. the instant I want to know right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're adapting by – or you, you embraced 
that. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So that's how you're staying yeah. on top of it. And I have clients, you know, that they only want to talk through text messaging. <laughs> you know, it's bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it's just, you know, I think the way that we're trending towards is, yeah. you know, if someone can do something online and it's easier for them to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the way that we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd say most of, you know, all the paperwork that we send back forth, people aren't really signing in person. Like we right. are sitting across from yeah. each other. It's all, you know, sign this online. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the trends that I'm seeing is just everything kind of moving more online. Um, mm. yeah. I'm wondering if we stick, you know, as we trend more towards text-based conversations, mm-hmm. If we miss the nuance of the conversation or, you know, you don't, you can't get, see any body language, you can't hear any inflection or, you yeah. know, if you run into situations where you've kind of gone, mm-hmm. oh, should have probably had a conversation instead of tried to do this. Yeah, all the time. It's funny. I was just talking to someone in my office about this. Um People like other brokers aren't communicating, so it's like you'll submit an <laughs> offer okay. and it's like, oh, what they think about that? Oh, I don't know. I haven't talked to them. It's like... <laughs> Well, don't you think you should call them up, like, and just have, you know, because I mean, yeah, there is something that can be said in a conversation that can't be said, you know, through a text sure. message or, and I mean, trust me, I text message all the time. It's preferable to me than a phone call. Yeah, but there are just certain things that you can't do over the phone mm-hmm. um, or over a text. So. Like, I just, like break bad news to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the worst when I have to send a text. Hey, can you talk? I want to call you. <laughs> yeah. Then sometimes I'm like, don't worry, it's not bad news. Because <laughs> it's like, wait, what is it? Or what's going on? Right. You know. Right. No, it's good news. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's. It's going to be interesting to see where real estate ends up mm-hmm. in. You know, one of the a couple of things that fascinate me with respect to real estate and just home housing in general is this notion of autonomous vehicles and drones, autonomous drones that will carry people around. There's, I know some people from Google are experimenting with one like a taxi. It's like a flying taxi, basically. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a little airplane, but it's got a bunch of props on it that lift it straight up. And then it has a big pusher prop and it flies, mm-hmm. but it's autonomous. Hmm. The people sitting in it don't fly it. It's flying itself yeah. or it's flying. And the the notion that this changes the whole dynamic of where we live, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, like we're going to live farther out. Exactly. Well, and it's – I don't know what article it was, but I, it was some – you know, along those lines was talking about when we see new homes being built, they won't have garages and they will be oh. – and there won't be parking spaces, you know, and it will be right. those autonomous vehicles just dropping people off, yeah. you know, and coming to pick them up. So, yeah. um, you know, I do think those changes will happen. So over time, the three-car mm-hmm. garage is yeah. going to turn into <laughs> two-car yeah. garage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. no car and people, you know, yeah. might get to the point where they're not, you know, really Relying on their personal vehicles anymore. Yeah. Well, from an ownership model, if you think about it, you know, your car sits there, does nothing, ninety-seven percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It's this asset that's just <laughs> sitting there doing nothing but yeah. gathering dust. So it does make a lot of sense, I mm-hmm. think, in terms of uh, that. So it'll be interesting to see, especially in this area here in the Pacific Northwest. Because we do have, you know, this crazy traffic and, oh, I know. you know, these, you know, the water here is, you know, I mean, the idea of opening up, like we're looking across the water at Kitsap Peninsula, 
I mean, there's a lot of prime real estate right across the way here. We <laughs> no can <kidding>. see that <laughs> there's a ferry now that takes you over there. But if you could get across that water mm-hmm. quicker, yeah. it might change the whole yeah, exactly. dynamic of that mm-hmm. chunk of dirt there. It's true. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you the big million-dollar question here. Okay. <laughs> so, Ashley, what does business and life done well mean to you? That is the big question. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. No. <laughs> um, it's act- to me, it means a balance. Um, and I don't think that it's ever something you know that you achieve. I don't think you'll ever you know have the perfect harmonious balance, but I don't think that perfection is the goal. So for me, you know, business and life done well means making time for people in my personal life as well as making time for my clients and my professional life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I'm trying to get better at. One of the goals that I've set for myself in 2018 is to put my phone in my bedroom at 8 o'clock at night and keep it off. Mm-hmm. Um And I know that, you know, sometimes I won't be able to. Sometimes you're working with clients till later, but I'm just on my phone a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think trying to separate that time from being on the screen, being on my phone, being available all the time, I need to be better about that. Mm -hmm. Mm And I don't think 8 o'clock at night is that big of a deal. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Especially if you're getting up at 4.30. Yeah, exactly. You're probably going to bed at like 8.30. 8.30, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I try to be in my bedroom at 8 so that I'm asleep by 8.30, 9 o'clock. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What shaped who you are? You just seem like such a, you know, with it, successful, energetic person. You know, what was there something, some story in your past (laughs) that really sort of illustrates what, you know, made you who you are? I grew up like, Everyone around my grandfather worked for himself. My stepdad worked for himself. My dad worked for himself. I've been surrounded by people in business for themselves. So that was, you know, what I grew up around. And my grandfather, he definitely had a huge impact on me when he was, you know, and at the time, I mean, I was young. I didn't know. I mean, I was probably eight when he was 50. So when he was 50, he had owned like a tire company in Lake Stevens and, sold it like to his partner and he moved over to eastern washington and opened up a fast food restaurant with my grandmother Hmm. they had never had any experience with a restaurant or anything and i think of that because i'm 35 and i think wow at 50 to completely change your career and to just have you know the courage to do something like that i mean that's a big deal you know Hmm. now i can look at it and recognize what he did but at the time i just knew that you know, that's what he did. And he owned his restaurant mm-hmm. and he worked and him and my grandmother, he would work in the morning. My grandmothers would work in the evening and it was seasonal because it was in Eastern Washington over in Lake Chelan. And they would work at, all like, I think they were open maybe eight months out of the year, but they were there every single day. Wow. Like they didn't take a yeah. day off. My grandfather was um, an avid hunter outdoorsman. So that's what he did i mean he liked having winters off Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so it made sense you know for him but um that seeing that i think i mean he gave me my first job i remember i was 13 years old over here trying to apply for jobs and i couldn't get a job at 13 yeah i remember i'd gone to like a herfie's um and then i called and i was talking to my grandma my grandpa and you know said oh i didn't get hired i think you only had to be 14 or something at that time he's like well i'll hire you right now and so I lived with him three summers in a row. I think it was my 
seventh, eighth, and ninth grade years mm-hmm. of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, worked for him. I worked every day. I mean, he worked every day. It wasn't like I had a day off, but right. I was so young. I didn't need, you know, it was cool. Like, going <laughs> what else to are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't know anybody over there. So um, I think that was probably the biggest um, influence on yeah. me was, you know, just being around, you know, my grandfather. And just witnessing mm-hmm. that whole, it's not like, you're even putting it into any particular lessons. It's mm-hmm. just like the overall yeah. experience. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I think that you just have to, you know, you work hard. No one, I don't think anyone's going to just give you something. Right. You know, uh, my mom works hard. She delivers mail for the post office. And mm-hmm. I mean, she works, uh, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. Wow. And that's just, you know, what she's always done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just being around that, I think that you see that hard work, it, it pays off, you know, yeah. but, um, so I think your big million dollar question too, it comes back to that, where's the balance at and you can't just work forever, you know? Sure. So that was something that I was able to take away from, you know, what my grandfather did was, yeah, he worked, but he was working every single day. He lived in those beautiful, one of the most beautiful places in the world and sure. he didn't get to enjoy it. You mm. know? I'm sure he'd go fishing, you know, and my grandma's working in the afternoon, but both of them together, you know, didn't get to go anywhere. So right. um, I think just starting to be more protective of my time and mm-hmm. making sure that I'm not working, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Mm. That's a pretty big gift your grandfather gave you. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the opportunity to work. Uh, yeah. But no and learn and, uh, are you involved with any – I know you're involved with some charities and things like yeah, that. Um, so is there any anything you want to mention with regard to that? I'd love yeah. To about so that. Um, the, I am involved in the American Cancer Society of Snohomish County, our Hope Gala that mm-hmm. we do every year. And it's to fundraise and it's specifically for Snohomish County. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually have our auction every, around every October. Okay. Um, so we just finished it up and we're already planning for the new year. So – um, I'm always looking for people, businesses that want to donate. Um, mm-hmm. It could be um, gifts for our auction. It could be okay. money. It could, you know, there's a lot of different ways to help out. They could volunteer their time um, if that was something they'd feel, you know, better about mm-hmm. doing. So, mm-hmm. um, so what is that? Uh, what do you guys typically raise? What's that look like? Um, last year, I think we got close to ninety thousand wow. dollars at our auction. So, yeah, it's, congrats! Um, thank you. It was really exciting. Um, How'd you get involved in that? I got involved. A friend of mine, his wife, used to be on the committee. And that was a few years back. Um, mm. And she has since left. They moved um, to Arizona. So um, she got me involved and then left. <laughs> Is that usually what happens? <laughs> right. You know. Um, yeah. But it's such a great group of people. And um, I think this, this will be my third year. And every year it's been getting better. And mm-hmm. It's fun. Don't you do some teaching of some sort with your the real estate? Um, oh yeah. So in my office, we um, when we have new brokers coming in, I I'm ahead of the mentorship program that we offer through John L. Scott. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it, I was really excited to be able to take on the position because I mentioned when I started, I had a mentor, and it wasn't part of our office structure. It was something that she was just willing to do for oh. me. So when I had said, you know, I didn't make any money my first year. I, I mean, I was making money. I had my other job, but right. I was just, you know, assisting her, and she was mentoring me. Yeah. That was, you know, how we did it. So now at my office, we actually have a program in place, and it just started. And so any new brokers that come in, if they're interested in, you know, having a mentor, um, that's something that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Because, I mean, that's how I learned, and I think that 
you know, the more we know we need to share with people. And um, I just, I learned that way. And I think most people will. Mm. So do you ever say no? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really good at saying no. <laughs> I, um, I, that happened from when I remember when I did my yoga teacher training, one of the, you know, four truths, you know, be impeccable with your word. And I remember and I took it, you know, because I'd always make excuses if I didn't want to do something or, oh, I can't do this. I have an appointment or, oh, I can't. It's like, no, to say you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends kind of joke around with me now that, oh, Ashley's not going to go or she's not going to, you know, even show up or it's like, I'm not going to RSVP. I'll RSVP no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. I am good at saying no, but... um I like to say yes. I like to do things. And, right. Um, but, you know, I've heard any time that you say yes to say – you're saying yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. Right. So it's just, you know, where do I want to spend my time and where is it most valuable because um, – you know, I think time is the most precious thing that all of us have. And, you know, I'll look at my day and I put everything in my calendar. And I mean, me and you were messaging this morning, just making sure yeah. that we were so long because I have people and they'll cancel yep. appointments and life happens and I get mm-hmm. it. But it's like, I just want to know exactly what I have going on and, you know, adjust, you know, yeah. accordingly, making yeah. sure that um, it's people that I do want to be around and see and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. I'm missing those people, to make sure that I reach out and say I'm missing you and let's get together. Ashley, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.